listeners, this is Marsha Epstein, and you are just getting started to listen to a new episode of Talk With Me. And this is being recorded while it's the middle of National Poetry Month. And as those of you who've listened to the show before, you know that I'm a firm believer of the power of the words. And as I say, I I live at this intersection of art and mental health. um, And people say, what what does that really mean? Like, what are you doing? And what I mean is that there is such important connecting and communication that happens through art. I mean, it just does, you know? And word art has its own kind of power. There are so many, I think most of the poets and other writers I've talked to who do some live readings, in-person readings, will say, you know, people come up to me, whether it's on the street afterwards or in the, you know, at the end of the show and say, you know, thank you for saying things that, that, you know, are what's in my head too, you know, or things that are pretty literal, like, you know, writing. I've heard people say writing saved my life. Hearing this inspired me. It lets me know, you know, that it, it's not just me. And there's all this cool stuff that happens. And, and I think this is a time more than, say, before November 8th, when the power of art is even more needed. And so I'm appreciative of people who are creating and sharing. And as I say, I appreciate that. I remind my listeners, one way we show appreciation is by spending some money on things. Um, You know, I I love John Yamros, who's a poet in Pennsylvania. He's one of the poets of Epic Rights Press. And John has a commitment that every week he buys a new book from somebody. And poetry books often are, you know, 10 bucks, somewhere around there, sometimes less if it's a smaller chapbook. The point is, support those artists with buying some of their works. Go into an event, get them signed. How cool is that, you know? And then you can show off to your friends, like, well, yes, I have these signed copies, you know? It's very cool. It's very cool. Anyway, today I am talking with a poet who, as he knows, because I've mentioned it to him before, I not only love that he's a poet, but that he is a person who really elevates other poets. I'm all about that community building thing. I, I, I love that part of people who, that's of course what they do, that's who they are. And so today we're talking with Damian Rucci, who is in New Jersey, and there will be a bunch of places during the month of April. Welcome, Damian. Hi, Marcia. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad to do this. And, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't start out saying a big old thank you to your loved one, your partner, Rebecca Weber, for making this interview possible. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I, uh, I smashed my phone and now it's just like a terrible spider glass <laughs> junk, you know? <laughs> so and, she made this possible. Big shout out to her. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Big shout out to her. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about you. Um, some of our listeners may have met you because you do perform a variety of places, including last year you were in Kansas City and Lawrence a couple times. Um, you, you've been around the Midwest, even though you're coming from far away. So tell yeah. us a little bit about you. 
Um, my name is, you know, well, you already said my name, but I'm Damien, you know, and I'm a writer and poet from Keyport, New Jersey. I, uh, I've been writing my entire life and, uh, the last two years, I really put a lot of folks into getting out there into the community and to start, uh, producing work. I run a, uh, poetry reading series called Poetry in the Port, which is going to be on second year in December. So I'm just all about, uh, the literary arts and just, uh, you know, creating and, uh, being in like this artistic, beautiful world, you know? Yeah. So for those of us who don't know poetry in the port, where is the port? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, poetry in the port is this little town called Keyport. Keyport, you know, it's a blue collar town, um, which you would never think that it would have a uh, poetry community because it's such a small town. I think less than 6,000 people live, live here. It's less than a mile. So, you know, I just kept hassling the venue, people in town, different coffee shops. You know, I wanted to put on a poetry show, and they said, you know, who's going to go to poetry here? And now I get between, like, 30 and 80 people to come out every uh, every other week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's always poetry in everywhere, just creating that facility for them to go to. Yes. Every other week, that's a huge commitment. Yeah, we were, at first we did it every week, but it just wasn't possible. You know, and also trying to get yeah. features. Yeah. You know, every week you're going to burn through, you know, all the people, you, you know, really, really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing, though. Wow. And when you, you mentioned that you're a writer and poet. So so say say, say something about what's this other writing stuff that you're doing. Uh, it's funny because poetry is really, uh, it's kind of like new to me. Um, I started writing fiction as soon as I can remember. I don't really know when I started writing, but I was like really young. So I was trying to write like stories and I really tried to write uh, articles. I've given a crack at that, but uh, I really, I started writing poetry because of song lyrics because I was in a bunch of bands that uh, I thought were going to blow up every time and didn't go anywhere like most bands do. But, uh, you know, I started writing song lyrics and eventually I got into reading poetry and uh, now in the last two years I've been writing a lot of poetry. So I do a little bit of everything, but poetry has been the one that's really, I've put forward lately. Mm -hmm. And I know a while back you mentioned you were considering doing a new kind of a blog. Did did you get that started? Uh, I started uh, doing a blog. I was going to, I had an, an idea to do a, kind of like a narrative blog where uh, I was really trying to showcase, you know, what I'm doing uh, in, in my life because I really made it a dedication to put everything that I have into pursuing my my dream, you know, I have all the dreams to say, you know, I want to be a singer. I want to be this, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, okay, kid. But if you tell me you want to be a successful poet, that's, <laughs> that's like, they're like, yeah, that's never going to happen. So I really wanted to create a blog where I would, um, I would follow what I was doing. And I posted several times, but, uh, I'm bringing the blog back fully the first week of May after my tour. Okay. So that's going to be soon. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel I have a lot to write about when uh, after the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And for people people who, who are listening to this and don't already know about the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown, it's such a huge event. You really want to be there. And then if you don't make it, they won't notice because yeah. there's so many people who are going to be there. Oh my God. Have you seen the Facebook event? It's crazy. There's so it's many people going. Awesome. It is awesome. And 
an easy way for people who haven't already discovered this event through Facebook, um, Spartan Press Kansas City on their website, they have a page for the throwdown that has the, the, the list of poets who are coming in as features and as performers. And so it's an easy way to, to at, at one, one page, see a whole bunch of information and go, oh my God, I had no idea this would happen in Kansas City. Because, you know, you're coming in from New Jersey. George Wallace is coming in from New York. You know, yeah. um, Bill Gator is coming in from California. I mean, people are coming in from all over. and It's crazy. And, yeah, and, and the range of poets goes from people who are, are you know, performing in small venues and street corners and wherever, and people, you know, who've been recognized like uh, Karen Miriam Goldberg, who was the Poet Laureate of Kansas, and especially uh, notable to me, she's the Poet Laureate of Kansas during the time when Governor Brownback eliminated the Kansas Arts Commission, which hosted the Poet Laureate things. And what did she do? She took a bunch of poets and hit the road and they toured Kansas and inspired people and elevated voices. And it's like, we're doing this, man. You know, you can't that's stop about. us. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's like, that's the spirit of poetry, you know, uh-huh. it's, 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 it's about elevating, like push it forward. And, you know, like if, if there's roadblocks that like creating it yourself, that's what's so great about the throwdown, you know, like they, there was no big festivals for like poets that, were, that weren't down the academic route. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, Spartan Press created it, you know, like Kansas City created it. And yeah. look, and now it's gravitating poets from all over the country. Yes, yes, yes. And so with that in mind, you know, I want to give, uh, and I know you do too, huge, huge shout out to Jason Reberg and Jameson Bales because they yeah. are the head honchos behind this event and Prospero's Books, which is hosting most of this. Writers Places having a, a, an event with publishers and poets. All this cool stuff is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like mind-blowing. Yeah, and and as I say, there's an, there's an event that happens in, in Lawrence, Kansas, called the Lawrence Busker Festival, where performers come in for a three-day weekend and do all this amazing stuff, weird stuff, cool stuff, interesting stuff on the streets. And and I always say to people, come with your pockets full of bills, you know, money to pay to people, tip jar, money. Yeah. You know, and that Prospero's and the and the poetry events of the throwdown, come to buy some stuff, you know. Here you have listener, you have just heard Damien say. He's coming in from freaking New Jersey to do this show. And it's not because the poets are getting paid big chunks of change. They're coming out of love of the word, man. That's what it's all about, you know? It's like, um, definitely, it it gets to the point with like poetry where it's like, when they first said, you know, there's like no money in it, you know? And I don't think, I don't think people should really think about money because there are people who, who can sell books and sometimes you can, but I've had the best time just trading books, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, that's what, you know, thinking about the, the throwdown is like, you know, there's books for sale, but then a lot of the poets will just trade their books together, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just so many great books coming out. Oh, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's just an absolutely like breathtaking thing. So either way, I know this, this, this trip, I'll be trading books. I'll probably end up spending too much money on books myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you also, and, and many people are coming here, you have travel expenses, you have food and lodging while you're here. You know, it's not like you're walking around the corner from where you live. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you so, know, it's, uh, it's, it's like a weird thing because, uh, you know, there's not that, you know, like a lot of bands will get comped for things like that, but for poetry, it's just like not there for like, yeah. for, for, for most people. But, you know, that's why some people come out and buy books, you know, I sometimes I've sold the most books reading at bars and places you wouldn't even think would gravitate people who are into poetry. And that's where I've sold the, the, the most books, you know, people who want to bring something home with them. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So you said you've you've been writing, you said, you know, since you were really young and writing poetry more recently. How when did you start performing poetry that you're writing? Like when when did you start getting in front of a mic with people? Um, I, it was weird. It was weird. Thing. I, I went to the um, the AWP, this big conference oh, wow. for writers and it goes from city to city. I went with my college class taught by this poet, Laura McCullough and uh we ended up going to Chicago and I went there and I saw a uh they put on a poetry reading it was ran by Taylor Molly um, oh, wow. and they they had uh, a slam poet and then they had a page poet stage meets page and I saw um you know poetry I've never been to a poetry reading before that you know I didn't have any in my area that I knew of and I saw this huge reading and I was like in the crowd there's like hundreds of people there and uh, both were great. The one, the guy who read and the guy who just performed without uh, people in front of him. I left there and I was like, wow, I really want to get involved. I ended up um, finding a flyer at the big book fair they have there for gigantic sequins. They were throwing a, uh, a story slam competition. You know, I didn't know what the hell that like was, but <laughs> I said, <laughs> I figured I had nothing to do on a Saturday. So I went to, to uh, New York City with my best friend and I uh, tried out and I actually won. And wow. I, I was like, wow, yeah. And I was like, this is pretty cool. So uh, I started going to an open mic in my, uh, in the town right there near Keyport. Uh, and that's when it just started, just started going to open mics. I met people. And uh, it was a weird thing that kind of was, I, I was hesitantly stepping into, but then it just like swallowed me whole. So that's, <laughs> that's what I do with a lot of my time now. That is so cool. Your first thing that you tried, you won. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to just uh, pretend, you know, it, people say it's like, you know, what's harder playing in a band on stage or reading poetry on stage. I'd say reading poetry any day because when you're on stage with like a guitar in front of you, it just, it's a, it's much easier than having to like look a crowd in the face while you read them during the poem, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. So do you remember what kind of was your story that you that you did at that slam? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a story about a kid I went to school with who unfortunately took his life. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't close with him, but, uh, you know, I just uh, – it was somebody who, like, you know, you knew was bullied in the school. And, uh, you know, one, one day, you know, he kind of just falls out of conversation. We don't see him for a while, then you hear that he took his life. So – I uh, wrote a poem about that, or a poem story. It's kind of like a prose thing, and uh, that—that was what I read. I uh, read that for like a, a little bit, but it's—it's uh, it's pretty morbid to whip out at my most readings. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's—it's it's interesting that you say that. You know, and I didn't—I wasn't prompting you to say something that I knew. Um, and you know, my my 
my social work is largely um, around suicide prevention and suicide bereavement support. And when those stories are important for people to hear and know it's not just them, you know, you're not the only one. And yeah. when once we can start kind of building community, in a lot of ways we can build more hope and do important healing. And, and so it's, it's a sad story, obviously, that you shared, but unfortunately real and in way too many people's experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just, uh, unfortunately, I have a weird relationship with it because uh, when I was 17, I lost my grandfather to suicide. Oh, and uh, one of the poems in the book that I'm putting out with Esno Mar- Martin, uh, it's called I Knew Superman. And, uh, and it's a poem about my grandfather taking his life, but also, you know, almost like we all, it's a, it's a, it's a trope in society for like, for like people to say that people who take their lives are weak, you know, that, that that's like this thing. So that poem in the book, it's the only poem on the topic, but that's my attempt to, uh, to kind of like look at it from like a different angle than like the emotional one that, that I had. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, well, it's a weird, weird thing. I appreciate your sharing that. And, and I'm eager to 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 be involved, to get a copy of a book that has you and Esno Martin and from Esno Small Press. That's that. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So we're talking about all this and we could talk forever. And I would love to have you share some of your poetry before we just launch into more conversation. All right, great. Um, I wanna, I wanna read uh, that poem that I just referenced, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Um, this is I Knew Superman. My grandpa was Superman. One time he lifted my grandma's Volkswagen over a snow mound. And one time he tore down a shed with his bare hands. He was a musician too. He could play anything with a big lighter against his false teeth, stubbing, rubbing his stubby fingers just so long as the song was the Lone Ranger. He was an artist too. I could draw Jesus. In just three lines, any three lines looked like Jesus to him. None of that could stop him to stop them from dragging him out of the house on a stretcher with a hole in his face. He couldn't protect us from the loudest sunrise none of us ever expected to see. He woke up in the morning, shaved, put on a suit, flipped back his hair with enough pomade, with enough pomade to last eternity, and put a gun in his mouth. He never left a letter or said goodbye, and he left behind was a hole in the wall and pieces of himself we couldn't make a new man of. Skull fragments make terrible mementos and worse stomach blocks. So before the funeral of the family, we learned it takes four hours to get blood out of wood and much longer for flesh. I knew I shouldn't, but sometimes late at night, I wonder if I crossed his mind just before the gun went off. Tender and sad and real. And again, way too many people's experience. Yeah, way to lose people. That's for sure. Confusing, complicated. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and hopefully can turn into a kind of inspiration that, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to for me, 
and that I'm paying attention as much as I can to, to people around me who I'm close to and being one of those people who's, who's able to help when somebody can, can let that happen. Cause not everybody does, but sometimes yeah. people do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it definitely changes your per- perspective. You know, I definitely, um, you know, when I was 17, that happened. Um, I said, I wanted to write about it and I, I had written a bunch of poems and, you know, I grew out of those poems and I, I never put them out there, but I, I wanted to get at least one of those poems out there. So I started performing the poem about a year and a half ago. I would pull it out occasionally, um, you know, if I was not reading from my chat book. So this, this book, when, uh, when I started working on the split with Esno, you know, I was like, okay, I definitely want to put this, this one in, you know, it's only one on, on the topic in the whole book, but I thought it fit the theme. Mm-hmm. And and I'll plant a little seed just in case you know if you you with you're doing the shows, um, the poetry in the port every other week, the week that includes September tenth. Every year okay. that year that date is National Suicide Prevention Day. World, oh wow! Excuse me, World Suicide Prevention Day worldwide, September tenth, um, which is in the United States a little weird because September eleventh is a significant day in a very different way. But anyway, on yeah. September tenth each year, <clears throat> what I do here in Lawrence, Kansas, is host an event that I call Word Saved Lives and have poets and storytellers and comics and musicians. And it's not that they're all about um, suicide. The, the art that's performed isn't necessarily all about suicide, but getting people together, connecting people, caring about people together, sharing important stuff, that's all the kind of stuff that really makes life worth living and keeps us alive. And so I'm just saying, if you happen to have an event during the week that includes September 10th, you know, you, you might give a shout out to, you know, this is this is a time that I want to honor my grandfather and everybody who is, is struggling or who has lost the struggle. You know, let's let's we got to talk about this stuff. That, that's definitely a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to start like penciling it down to like Marsha's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All good ideas. <laughs> it's a cool thing. It's powerful. Yeah. It's it's, it's important to get people out there talking, 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 and, and again, you know, knowing we're not alone, man. For sure, for sure. So I write some obviously very intense stuff. Is some of your stuff intentionally lighter, just something whimsical, something that brings um, out laughter in your audience, or is that just not you? I don't even know. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been trying to, like, um, I play with different styles. That's the one thing. I've always, mm-hmm. I've been working on trying to, like, progress through different things and not just stick to the same style mm-hmm. so um i my first chapbook was like a very serious chapbook um symphony of crows is about a breakup and then the second chapbook i did with maverick duck press i had a couple funny poems um and there, everything was more humorous i was kind of like being very ironic and I, I would do a lot of play on words this this book um I'm not gonna say it's darker, but there's definitely some darker themes. I was, I read a lot about the people I grew up with, and uh, a lot of people went down bad paths in the past that I've taken, and a lot of these like uh, really like savage uh, 
guys that I knew and I, and that I worked alongside from these, you know, small blue collar towns. And, you know, I really explored things, but I have some poems that are rather lighter. I have some poems about the, um, like about, uh, aim and like AOL and like, like social media stuff. Cause I grew up as the internet was like coming up. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple poems that are like more lighthearted, but I didn't really go too too deep on the uh, humor side mm-hmm. uh, in these your poems. I just wanted to kind of like uh, pursue different elements. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't implying that you needed to. I just was thinking. Oh no no. Yeah, <laughs> but you you said you've intentionally tried different styles and and different things may may be who you are at a certain moment in time in terms of that context part, which to me is really fascinating uh, in terms of looking at something that someone wrote at some other point and when it's read now how it has different layers of meaning because the world has changed the person has yeah changed, you know yeah yeah I, I think it's interesting i've always found it fascinating when um you know with authors or even bands and they talk about how their styles change like look at the beatles music you had from the beatles from the 60s you know, in the very early days, and they're all one way, and then literally within four or five years, they're a completely different band. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the music's changed, and, like, I've always admired that, like, wow, they could really, like, there's, like, a spectrum, and you could, like, go across and play around. Like, you don't have to keep being linear in one direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell tell me, tell us, because like, we've got listeners, just not you and me, some about, like, your writing, and, and I'm, I'm also interested in terms of that time context things, do you, do you sometimes go back and revisit, maybe even edit something that you wrote a long time ago? Um, or is it pretty much like this is from that time and there it stays? Oh, no. Um, I'm definitely, I'm this like guy who, for some reason, like, you know, I'll be dead. I'll have no ideas coming in for a little bit. And then uh, one day I'll get like bombarded with old ideas and old writings. And uh, I like use this, uh, I use an app on my phone called Evernote. And uh, whenever I get a little idea, I just throw it in Evernote. So what'll happen is I'll come up with an idea. Maybe it's just a title. Maybe it's just a couple words. Maybe it's like a weird phrase. And I'll just write it down. And then one day when I'm bored or if I don't have any, uh, ideas that are currently like festering in my brain i'll go back to that couple words and i'll look at it and uh maybe i'll add in a couple sentences and i'll play so sometimes i'll bounce back and forth with a piece for like there's been times i had a story going in for like a year and i just mm-hmm. kept tearing at it and eventually i turned into a you know uh, just broke up entirely and said i'll make some poems out of this but uh I definitely like to revisit things and, and shock them up and mm-hmm. try to add new elements to things Mm-hmm. like diversify the piece of art mm-hmm. very cool well how about another poem before we head into a break certainly certainly i'm going to read one of the more um lighthearted ones i feel like i started off very dark you know um this this one is one of those poems that uh i just tried to be a little bit not to say goofy but tried to like look at a societal reality we like have now in like a, a weird way this uh this one's called tangled this generation is built on awkward aim conversations millions of asl solutions 
21 question salutes, away message mantras, pick for picks. How do we make it out of the industrial chugging of the dial-up death trap? Furiously masturbating through grainy pictures of nipples on two-inch screens, three-hour photo shoot to catch the perfect pick, the collections of naked bodies on your phone that tell you everything you need to know about sex. How many uvu calls can get you onto someone's top eight? Do you remember the soundtrack of your middle school years? Does the haptic tick of T9 keyboards still reverberate through your fingers? Who were you when the internet was only novelty? We are a generation raised by the net, now tangled within it. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and it's 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 powerful and it's cool. It can be it can be a barrier, but it can be a huge connector, and and it's interesting. It's so it's it's interesting to me in so many levels. I in and this is just a slight digression into my my other part, my social work. That you know, having having parents try to decide what's okay amount of screen time for adolescents and teens. And it's like, but it's a different world than when we as parents were growing up, you know, it's like those of us who, who are, or are raising or have raised kids, you know, so much is changing. It's like, no, don't think the screen is a bad thing. (laughs) Just anyway, anyway. Okay. So we're going to take, we're going to take a quick break here from a couple of Lawrence, Kansas businesses that sponsor lawrencehits.com. And this is my time to say, hey, Daniel Smith, if you weren't doing your tech magic, nobody would hear us. So thank you from me and our listeners. <laughs> and then we'll be right back with more Talk With Me and Damian Ritchie. Welcome back. This is Talk With Me, and this is Marsha Epstein. And my guest today is Damian Ritchie, who is based in New Jersey. But hey, Damian, before we get any farther, you're doing a bunch of performing in April. And just to give listeners, wherever they might be, a sense of where you will be during the the latter part of this month, um, how about mentioning some of those dates of events you have coming up? Certainly. the 22nd, 23rd, I'll be at the Throwdown, like like we said earlier. And then uh, That's we are Kansas going. City. Yep, that is Kansas yeah. City uh, at Prospero's. Um, the 23rd, um, not 23rd, I'm sorry, the 25th, we are going to be in Michigan City, Indiana. Um, I'm not quite sure on the venue. I've checked the facing of that. Uh, but on the 25th, we will all, I will be in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, after that, I am going to be, I have a show with some bands uh, in, in New Jersey. I'm throwing my book launch. I'll be in Manhattan in uh, later this summer. I'm going to be in uh, Philly. Uh, I have a bunch of other dates coming up. Everything's just starting to stack up, which is good news, good busy news. That is great. So you're going to go from the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown to Michigan City, Indiana, the next day, and then the next day after that, you're going to be in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're going to stop. I think our first stop on the 25th is uh, is Iowa City. We're uh, we're doing something. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're going from there. Uh, then the next day we'll be in Michigan City, and then the next day we're going to be in Toledo. And the best part about this story is that the way Rebecca and I are doing this. Because uh, we're fearless, or maybe not even fearless, we just don't think very well. We're going to be taking one-way tickets. We're flying out to Kansas City. 
we're getting in a car with as with Esno Martinez, Jeremiah Walton. Oh my gosh! They're gonna <laughs> drop us off in Pittsburgh. Okay, after after these shows, and we're gonna take a nine-hour bus home. <laughs> oh, that'll give you something to write about all of those adventures so tell us a little bit about rebecca we mentioned her at the beginning of the show and and she's going to be at these events you guys are going to be doing performances together just tell us a little bit about this rebecca weber person now i am a little bit biased of course <laughs> but but she's uh absolutely fantastic I'll, um you know her poetry is just like Everything she she writes just has such uh, sharpness to it, and it, it's it's amazing. She could say what I try to say in two pages and three lines, oh. you know. Um, I've never, you know, it's it definitely a, a weird thing because, um, you know, I'm like, wow, her poetry just shocks me, and uh, it's funny because I just I got involved in the poetry uh, scene in the area uh, when I was nineteen, twenty, you know, but I got very serious like you know, 21, she was involved in the poetry scene when she was a young teenager cool. and she was around the scene. And so it's funny when we got together and I, and I told her, I said, Hey, you know, just letting you know, I'm a little crazy. I'm really into this poetry thing. She was like, she already, you know, she was, she was the same way. And so it just clicked. And it's like a really weird thing that they were both so interested in the arts. Yeah. Very cool. So you and Rebecca are going to be in Kansas City, and then you mentioned Esno Martin, who is a poet and now has a small press, um, living in Kansas City for a while now. And Jeremiah Walton, whose name I, I have not yet connected with Jeremiah, but through this amazing woman, Zarina Zabriskie, who's in the San Francisco area. Um, Zarina is a performance artist and uh, a writer and is Russian born, but an American citizen. She's one of the writers of Epics Rights Press, which is how I connected with her. Anyway, she and Jeremiah uh, know each other well. And so she had told me about this guy who's traveling and doing this stuff. And it's, you know, this, you know, traveling poetry show, book sales, all this cool stuff going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like he's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't met him yet. Um, I'm excited to meet him, but uh, just from talking to Esno and then also, you know, just just hearing what he does and it, it's absolutely, you know, crazy. It's so inspiring. You know, I, I really when when people will take that courageous leap and they say, you know, I'm not going to stick to the same societal paradigms that mm -hmm. you know I, I feel compelled to do. You know, I want to break away and I just want to throw it all out there and see what I can do. I, I really admire that mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I just want to get on the road. And of course, yeah. Esno, Esno is just, Esno is just insanely talented, you know. Yeah. I met him last time I was at the Throwdown, and we really clicked, you know. Uh -huh. So, and like, when we were on this book together, um, you know, his editing just, you know, it's very rare when you meet someone who could work with you on a poem and just completely like, instead of overriding your voice, you know, just completely like, just strengthening it and like showing you the weaknesses and the foundations of your poem. And that's what happened with this book. That's, that's a huge shout out to Esno and his editing. That's very cool. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely awesome. Yeah. And a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that that's why me and him get along so well. <laughs> I love you, Esno. I really do. So cool. <laughs> 
I'm I'm the one who always sees the tenderness in these in these exteriors and, and presentations that sometimes put other people off. And it's like, nah, I know where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I think he hates me for that sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's always good to have the weirdos around. You know, like that's, that's, that's how it is with my uh, group of poets over here. Uh, every first and third Thursday, you know, we're all outside of the coffee shop during the breaks and the poetry reading. And, you know, some of the times people wave and some of them scowl. But we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. smile back, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be weird. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great community of, of all kinds of people. And that's that's the cool thing, you know. It definitely Everybody is. needs that. They're, they're a group of people who get them. You know, and, and that's one of the things that happens when people let it be known that they're artists is that they get the chance to meet other people and who are also artists. And some of those are going to be like, man, you are my people, you know, and oh, my gosh, this is such a great thing to know that about somebody and keep those connections. And that's where the goodness of the Internet happens, because you can be across the world from each other and still stay really tight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like this, um, just, it's huge. And, and you know, the, something went wrong. There's always badness and everything. There's some small groups of, of different parts of this artistic community that are a little bit self-inclusive and they don't want to open up to others. But, you know, for a majority, you know, what I've encountered out, out, out there amongst musicians, poets, you know, everything, different kinds of artists just been welcoming and everybody wants to just share art and create things and challenge paradigms and, and really just, you know, be, be weird and be freaky and get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it needs to be done. It does. Especially now. Especially yeah. Now. yeah. It needs to be done. And, and we need, we need ways of getting some of that stuff out of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just letting it all swirl around inside of our brains and hearts does not do us well. It does not. It does not. No, no. You know, me, my, my problem is sometimes I don't, you know, I'll be working too much because, uh, you know, for some reason everywhere I go, I end up doing too many, too much overtime. So I won't be able to write for a couple of days. It just drive me crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, now I have to force myself to make sure I get it out there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a bad day if I don't. And and yet you you have to have a job that pays bills. You don't you know like most yeah. artists of any kind, you don't have sponsors who are letting you live and create art. So yeah. So you it you sounds know. like you work a lot and then somehow you're also able to to get some time to get away to do those tours, those kinds of things. You know, it's like the way I'm looking at it all now, it's like there's people who could like make money with their art and it's, and that, that's amazing. You know, of course we all aspire to be there, mm-hmm. but there's some people who I know who work like hard, you know, like, like, you know, on the docks, things like that. And they're, they're those people. I look at them like, wow, you know, like you hold a full time time job and still unsacrificed to be an artist. Mm-hmm. It's that duality that's yeah. really unique. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's like, I think that's what more people should aspire to instead of looking for the big break. Because I want the big, the big break, but, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's coming in poetry. 
it's hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know how those things happen. And some of it is luck and some of it, you know, it's not just about talent. I think that's one of those things that that we need to remember and whatever our our areas of passion that relate to our things we create, things that we do as work, whatever we want to call those things that, you know, it's how much money we earn isn't a reflection of how quality what we're doing is. On the other hand, it'd be really nice to at least have it be a significant part of keeping yeah. us alive. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, for, for sure. It's, you know, like, um, yeah. I, I, I've seen it been said in like certain circles, people are like, I don't need money. I don't even want to make money. I'm like, okay, that's all you. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I love making art. I'm going to make art, whether I have zero dollars or, you know, a billion. But, you know, if someone's going to offer me a million dollars for for a book, I want to say yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and know? that's that's my uh, reminder to listeners. I mean, some of the listeners, of course, are writers, and they're they're trying to get their work out, and they're whatever kind of art they're creating. You know, some some listeners that, and and as you mentioned, between artists, trading stuff is way cool. You know, I'll give you your book, I get your book, we get to learn about each other. This is awesome. But for those people who were there, as I want to enjoy that art of poetry, I'm not the one who creates it, but I sure like it. I say again, spend some money, because <laughs> it's true that we we show what's really important to us by how we spend our time and our money, you know. And so for me, I, I say this again and again, but people need to remember. When you can, buy it directly from that artist. Buy that book from that poet at the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown or whatever poetry poetry event you've gone to. If you can't buy it directly from that performing poet, then buy it from the press if it's available. The small press that is likely, um, since most of the people that I know work with very specialized presses, which are awesome. So contact the press. Can you buy it there? If you can't buy it there, can your nearest independent bookseller get it for you? Because those independent booksellers are often places that are really featuring a lot of artists that are not as well known. And sometimes it will be local artists. Sometimes they may have whatever their niche is. They likely host readings and book groups of different kinds. So they're doing community service by bringing people in to to love reading together. You know, buy from there. And if you have to, okay, go to the big boxes online and order. But don't do that as your starting point. You know, you, you really are helping support the art much more the closer you get to the creator of the art. Very it's true. true. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, preach. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people, but, you know, periodically I post on on uh, my on the Talk With Me page, you know, here is, is this is some of the, the books on my, it's not even on a bookshelf at this point, my poetry books, mostly signed books by people I've met and talked to, at least even if I haven't met them in person, they are not even on my regular bookshelf. They are on this desk in the bay window in this in this shrine area of our bedroom. You know? 
And it's like, there are a lot of them and they're different. And they're, you know, a lot of different writers who don't look like each other and don't write about the same kinds of things and don't write the same ways. And I love that. I love that. You know? Yeah, I actually have a very similar thing. I have a little bookshelf. And it's funny because, um, you know, we have a very, I have a very small apartment in 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 uh, the beautiful Garden State. Uh, a very small apartment, you know, pretty much the uh, the rent is ridiculous here. But it's like I um, on my little bookshelf we have uh, out of the book, and ninety nine percent of the books are signed books from our friends. Yeah, you know, and there's something something really cool with that, you know, where uh, don't get me wrong, it's just a book I want to get at Barnes and Noble. You know, unfortunately, uh, there's no bookstores in my entire area. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go out, but I'm always, you know, I always love when I can to purchase books from other poets at poetry readings and things like that, because some of the better, you know, I have, I have amazing books on my, on my bookshelf. And it's uh-huh. like, it's weird to like, you know, I personally know them too. And they sign the book. And I'm like, wow, you know, there's something really special about that and having that yes. in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it for me. That's one of my things too, is I like books on the page. I do not like paper as much as most people in general. I go to a discussion and people try to hand out flyers and shit. It's like, I do not want that paper. I want that link. I will look at that on my computer. And there are certain things that I'm doing that I need to write with pen on paper, not on my keyboard. And most of that, well, I think all of that, I don't buy paper. I, that paper that I didn't want that somebody handed me that gets cut in half and the blank side is what I write, <laughs> but that's another thing. But, but books, you know, it's like the books that are special to me. I want them. I want to be able to look at them at whatever time of day or or night that I want to and flip through the pages and maybe find something I'd forgotten that I love that part. You know, or when I get a new book of poetry, I don't sit down with it and start at the first poem or whatever. I just kind of flip it a little bit and look at this and look at that and just, you know, and you can't do that in the same way on the computer screen. And no, definitely sometimes, not. You definitely can. Sometimes, yeah, I I buy another copy and give it to somebody. Sometimes I loan a copy to somebody and say, "But I really, I really want this back. This one, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, like yeah. it's like, hey, you could definitely look at it, but you're not yeah. bringing it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's that thing of you know, don't just say, "Well, I can read on the computer." I can. There are online journals. There are YouTube's. Yeah, there's all of that, but buy the books too. Okay, okay. That's oh yeah, it. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> buy the books. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I want to know a little bit about this part of you. You you really work hard for other poets as well as yourself. What's where did that come from? Um, you know, it's like um, sometimes uh, this sounds silly. I don't even know what I'm doing, which is most of my life. I, I never really know what I'm doing. Things just, you know, I just what's in front of the other. I'm like, ah. Oh, I guess this is what I'm doing. It's uh-huh. like, I started doing the, the uh, poetry series. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm always, you know, I want to say that, you know, it's not like I'm some Joan of Arc character, but uh, I just try to help people out I can. And, like, that's, everyone, I, I know in the poetry game that, I, that I've met, they're all, you know, everyone's got the same attitude, you know? It's about pulling e- each other up, you know? Nice. Like, because it's like, you know, we're such a minority of, of you know, artists, really, if you think about it, you know, poets uh-huh. and poets who are actually like 
trying to uh, do readings and get published and, and try to create books. It's not that many people. So when you, got, uh, when you see people who really want to get out there and really want to work and really want to, you know, do it, it's like you got to push them forward. And that's why, like, for my reading series, you know, we have an open mic and we really focus on the open mic because, you know, that's where the new people are coming in. That's when the new poets are, you know, it's, it's, it's the next generation or it's, you know, it's older people who have never written a poem in their entire life, but now they want to. And it's all about those people, you know, they could be phenomenal, but they might not even know the road they're going down. Mm -hmm. So there there is even a road. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's everyone that I've met, you know, it's like just pushing each other forward, you know, like you send a message, Hey, can can you help me? I'm trying to do a tour. And you got 10 10 people who want to push you in that direction. You know, I try to help any way I uh, can. We recently just featured uh, Ian Girdley. He's a poet from Indiana. Um, you know, he wanted to go and do a show out, out here. And I said, hey, man, crash over and do a reading and try to get his name out there over here for, you know, it's all about just trying to make that connection, you know, push all of us together. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Do you even remember how you got connected with, with Kansas City? Um, yeah, it's funny because, you know, Kansas City, I, I didn't really know much about it, you know. Unfortunately, before I, uh, I traveled out there, I never really left the tri-state area. You know, I've been to Florida once or twice, and, uh, but that was about it. So um, I did an interview uh, with Marlena X from the Lehigh Valley Vanguard. And I, uh, in the interview, you know, I was just talking, it was about, uh, my accident, but I got hit by the car. We talked about that the last time, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, you know, what happened to me and all these different things, you know, I got reached out to by John Dorsey, you know, a phenomenal poet, you know, the, one of the most, you know, amazingly talented people I've ever met. He reached out to me and, uh, he was like, Hey, you know, start talking about this throwdown thing and I met Jameson on the internet mm-hmm. and I met all these people and actually I know you know they're asking me to <laughs> to go to the Kansas City Poetry Throwdown and you know I went to the city you know and uh Rebecca and I flew out we didn't know what we were doing at all mm-hmm. and we had an amazing time and just I just fell in love with it. Interesting but Dorsey's the one who reached out to you and he you know not all of our listeners may know John Dorsey's name but look him up you will see he is this very prolific and much respected poet and he's done a lot of things a lot of places um and he is again one of the features of the kansas city throwdown which is coming up april 21st through 23rd so pretty soon after this show premieres same week yeah Yeah. so so dorsey reached out to you because he heard a a a radio a podcast with you yeah yeah like a youtube live podcast Mm-hmm. you know a live stream but yeah so you know it's cool and it's funny because you know i went there to the throwdown i came back in october um for some readings with jameson bales uh, jason balding or scott silsby mm-hmm. and going back now and you know rebecca and i talked about it and uh in october uh we're going to be moving out there oh so, seriously yeah for sure oh wow yeah yeah we just need to uh you know I love the, uh, the you know, I love Jersey. It's, it's in my blood. Uh-huh. But uh, the rents keep on going up. And I just feel, I kind of feel like I need to leave the area to, you know, 
to start my life. Uh-huh. So this is good though. I have uh my poetry series is gonna be taken over by a phenomenal poet named Cord Moreski. Uh so he'll be hosting poetry in the port uh, after I leave. So, you know, it's gonna be a big a big move and a big change, but I think that's gonna be the right path for me. Wonderful, Definitely. wonderful, wonderful. And obviously you've you've got a great community of poets in the Kansas City area who you're already well connected with, you and Rebecca. So that's awesome. So it's it's yeah. kind of like coming home, even though it's gonna be a different home. That's very oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Very, we are very excited for it. That's great. That's really great. Oh wow, I see I didn't know that. So listeners look forward to more of Damien. So, hey, do you need people to send you some job leads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make sure make sure you email me some sort of jobs, please. You know, uh, look, looking forward to it. <laughs> it's a weird thing, but I will tell you, the people I've known who work at Costco as a company say they're really good to their people. And there is a Costco presence in the Kansas City area. I know that you're doing, you know, that sort of, I don't know if you work in a grocery or what, what exactly you do, but I know you work in some yeah. kind of store. I, uh, I work overnight in a grocery store. Ah. Uh, it Jameson is not glamorous. Did that. Uh, <laughs> Jameson did that at some point. Doesn't do it anymore, but did you know that? You guys talked about that? Jameson Bales did that before. Yeah. yeah. We used to, uh, we used to message you. I would text him while I was at work and we'd, we'd just be agonizing over work. <laughs> It'd be like 6 a.m. I'm like, are, are you still up? He's like, yep, packing out. <laughs> and that gets back to that phrase I threw you via Wolfgang Karsten's rented mule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, it's definitely a humbling thing because uh, my uh, job starts at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So usually what will happen is I'll go right from doing a reading or a show yeah. if it's in the area. So I'm right in front of all these people and it feels great and I'm so excited and I'm pumped up and I'm on fire. Yeah. And then I say goodbye to everyone. And then the next thing I know, I'm in the frozen food aisle and I'm packing out boxes, <laughs> boxes of chicken pot pie. <laughs> it, it's very humbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not a bad thing, but it's kind of nice if you could have a different schedule where you didn't leave your event to go yeah. do work. Is that kind of kind of yeah? Yeah, I definitely made a promise that uh, you know, once I moved to Kansas City, I'm never going to work an overnight job again. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're getting in those la- into those last few minutes of the show. Um, and I want to throw that to you saying things you want to add, things about your book, for example, you know, any little messages, another poem. I agree. It to you, Damien. All right. Um, well, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, I would say check me out on my Twitter or my Facebook. You can find either uh, just Damien Rucci. Um, so you will, you guys go to that. I also run a website where I have all my poems, videos, links, everything you think of, and a blog where I'll be following, you know, I'll be writing about my experience down this path and life in general. It's, uh, DamienRucci.net. Uh, also, you know, I'm the former lives of saints. It's my first full length as it's coming out, you know, uh, it's co-written with Esno Mart- Martin. It's coming out by his press, EMP Press. It's, 
you know, it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Uh, I mean, I've literally read over the proof copy like a thousand times. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm excited to get it out there. It'll be available, you know, uh, signed copies will be available from me, from Esno, from the EMP website, also on Amazon and, uh, and Barnes & Noble and all those other sites. Mm-hmm. So that'll be out there following the weekend uh, after the uh, 21st of, mm-hmm. of April. And so is Former Lives of Saints poetry by each of you when you say it's with us? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's 40 poems. Well, not 40 poems. Around, it's around like 40 pages from like each of us of poetry. Okay, so cool. yeah so and and you know it's it's an interesting book because uh as one other, as one and I are very different, but our poetry kind of has this um you know it's a there's there, there's a vibe throughout the book, and I don't know how uh-huh. to de- describe it, but it's definitely uh you know it, it the the two are more connected than than it first appears the uh, two sides to it uh-huh. Interesting. So is it like you flip it over and if you start at this side, it's... Uh, no, 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 no. That would be definitely awesome. <laughs> that would be, uh, that would definitely be cool. On uh, one side, it's a picture of Esno, and the other side, it's a picture of me in the bathtub. <laughs> I love that picture. You know I love that picture. <laughs> that picture destroyed my family. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't know what happened. I just took a picture, you know, my girlfriend and I, uh, we stayed and we decided I was off for the weekend. We got a hotel room with a jacuzzi. You know, I'm a big man, so I don't get to go in jacuzzis a lot, but this is a big jacuzzi. So I got in, in, in the jacuzzi. I just took a picture of me with sunglasses on, you know, posted it on Facebook. Everybody thought it was pretty funny. And my aunt, I don't know what happened. She, uh, she, she said I was a disgrace to the family. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> that is so weird because it's it's not. There's nothing. There's nothing that like I'm just I'm flabbergasted. Obviously, you know it's not like somebody's being displayed and you see every inch of their body parts. Yeah. It's it's you in the bathtub. There's beer on the edge. So many people can relate to that. It's like, it's wonderful. It's just like, here I am, folks. And that's what your poetry is. It's here I am. This is who I am, you know? You know, it's like, it's, it, you know, at first, you know, it's like, oh, it sucks that there's, you know, cause a fight with family. But at the end of the day, it's a place to be in a bathtub that, yeah. you know, that Sever that side of my family, so I don't even care. I just think it's it's very amusing. <laughs> it is. It is. You know. Yes. Yes. That's wonderful. Well, it has been just gr- so great talking to you. Yeah, um, been a pleasure. Cool, listeners. I know you are enjoying this, and you will see a full post with some links on the Facebook announcement on Talk with Me. You will also find little leads on the iTunes and Google Play when the show gets uploaded there. And so for those who are listening when it premieres, Damian Rucci is D-A-M-I-A-N-R-U-C-C-I. Yep. And when you add .net, that gets you to the website. And when you Google it, you'll find that Twitter and all those other great things. So follow this man. He's doing great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so long to our listeners.